This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church on this sixth Sunday of Easter. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the very first time, we welcome you. It is a joy to worship alongside you this day. Throughout this season of Easter, we have been exploring the ways that the disciples encountered the risen Christ. And so in our worship today and in all the days ahead, may we open ourselves to encounter Christ. May we proclaim to the world, I have seen the Lord and I am prepared to follow wherever he leads. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. If you have your home worship bulletin, we invite you to join us in our call to worship. Where is God when fear seeks to unravel individuals and communities? God is leading us in the darkness against all the odds of the world. Is anything impossible with God? Nothing is impossible with God. God can transform the hearts of persecutors and bullies and set their feet on the path of compassion. God can bring light into the deepest darkness. For what can we hope and pray? That scales fall from every eye and the compassion of Christ fills every heart. What does the Lord require of us? That we will do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. May we see each other with the eyes of God and love one another with the heart of God. Let us worship God together. We come to worship God, seeking God's grand vision of justice, kindness, and peace. And while we recognize that we often fall short of these great aspirations, we trust that nothing is impossible for God. So let us take time now to reflect on our week and recognize our faults so that we may come ever closer 
to the greatness of God's vision for us. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your home worship bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. God of endless grace, you laid your hands on Ananias that he might lay his hands on Saul. You asked Ananias to love the unlovely intimately. You asked Saul to treat, retreat from his old worldview and take on yours. And you ask these same things of us. But our greed and our lust for power create enemies where we should find friends. We fail to offer comfort and aid to those who are afraid and beat down by the burdens of life. We are as blind and willful as Saul to the pain and destruction of our wrongdoings and our well-meaning crusades. How many times do we write someone off as hopeless or useless or too dangerous? How often do we believe that your mandate to love others as we love ourselves is meant for someone else? Forgive us, O merciful one. Give us sight to see with your eyes and hearts to love with your love. Cleanse our minds of judgment and our hearts of stinginess. Prepare us to see others as Jesus did and to love others as Christ loves us. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Friends, in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hi there, MPC family. It's Pastor Rachel. I am outside the church. I, I, I haven't been here in eight, nine weeks. Um, it was pretty nice just to see the place. I am working on a project that I'm going to ask you to help me with too. But what I'm going to do is we are going to make a prayer garden and we're going to make it right here on this fence outside our church. So hold on to your hats and stay tuned. garden and you're thinking Rachel what is a prayer garden and why is it just some flowers on our fence well here is the good news I need your help I have put up some flowers here that are gonna be here as part of our flower garden but we as a community as a family of faith need to add our prayers and I'm gonna invite you I have a big ribbon that I found in a corner of my house where uh, with like gift wrap stuff, I found an old ribbon. It came from a package that someone gave me one day. And I wrote on it a couple prayers that I have for our community and for our world right now. And I am gonna tie this ribbon. I can weave it in the fence if I want or tie it on the fence, but I am gonna add my prayer to our prayer garden. And I'm gonna invite you all to do the same 
Woo, I'm about to fall over to do the same thing in the days and weeks to come. I want you and your family to come and add your prayers. Maybe your family brings one prayer, maybe each of you and your family brings a prayer, but our fence at our church is gonna become our prayer garden. If you have some fake flowers or some real flowers you want to add, fake is probably better because they're gonna be better in the weather. But if you have some fake flowers at your house that you would like to write your prayer on those and add them to our garden, that is awesome. However you wanna think about adding a prayer to our garden, you are invited to do that. And this is for everyone in our church, the youngest disciples all the way up through our oldest disciples. Everyone is welcome to add a prayer to our prayer garden. I hope you will do that in the coming weeks. I am excited to see how this grows and grows and grows as we offer prayers for our community and for our church and for our, and for our world. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you soon. Friends, as we approach a time now for the hearing of Scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the prophet Micah, the sixth chapter, verses six through eight. Listen now for the word of God. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. Listen for the word of the Lord. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he had found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, 
and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before all the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here, he has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Megan Phelps Roper described herself as a blue-eyed, chubby-cheeked five-year-old when she joined her family on the picket line for the very first time. She stood on a street corner in the heavy Kansas humidity, surrounded by a few dozen relatives with her tiny fists holding a sign that she couldn't even read yet. Gays are worthy of death. For those of you who don't know of the Westboro Baptist Church, they are a group widely noted for the extreme nature of their homophobia and anti-Semitic propaganda and doctrines. Megan described this moment as a five-year-old on the picket line as the beginning, an unfortunate beginning. But truth be told, the protests of Westboro Baptist Church became a daily occurrence and an international phenomenon. And as one of the youngest members, Megan became a fixture on picket lines across the country. I often think of someone like Megan Phelps Roper when I imagine this scene of Saul in our scripture passage for this morning, someone whose life was defined by breathing murderous threats against the children of God. And yet, 
someone who also, through compassionate acts of people on the other side, was able to start the slow journey to walk away from it all. In 20 years after Megan began her picketing career, she did walk away from it all. She walked away from her family. She walked away from her identity. She walked away from her twisted understanding of who God was and what God was demanding of her. Like Saul, the scales began to fall from her eyes. And following her departure from the Westboro Baptist Church, she began one of, to be one of the most prominent critics of the Westboro Church and its philosophies and practices. And she began to travel around the country and lobby against hatred and division between religious and political groups. Ananias laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell, fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. And then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. There are souls everywhere in this world. Souls who are breathing murderous threats, persecuting and harming children of God. They are gunning down black men who are out for a jog in the name of self-defense. They are hurdling threats of death for gay people and Jews on picket lines. They are hurdling the law or the scriptures in the faces of those who they seek to persecute and calling it gospel. And there is power in our message today that God can use even them. That God can change worldviews and hearts and minds. God can create hearts of flesh where there were hearts of stone and cause scales to fall from even the hardest of eyes. But perhaps what troubles me most or convicts me most when I read this passage is recognizing how quick I am to see myself in Ananias, not in Saul. In the good guy, not the bad guy. In the innocent one, not the perpetrator. Megan Phelps Roper has placed herself on the public stage to tell her story that started with hatred and persecution and is still moving toward repentance and renewal even today. But given the road that she has traveled, she also has an interesting lens through which she sees the world now. In her TED talk that she gave three years ago, she said this. I can't help but see in our public discourse so many of the same destructive impulses that ruled my former church. We celebrate tolerance and diversity more than any other time in memory, and still we grow more and more divided. We want good things. Justice, equality, freedom, 
dignity, prosperity, but the path we've chosen looks so much like the one I walked away from four years ago. We've broken the world into us and them, only emerging from our bunkers long enough to lob rhetorical grenades at the other camp. We write off half the country as out-of-touch liberal elites or racist, misogynist bullies. No nuance, no complexity, no humanity. Even when someone does call for empathy and understanding for the other side, the conversation almost always devolves into a debate about who deserves the most empathy. We even target people on our own side when they dare to question the party line. Megan gave this talk three years ago. And yet I resonated today with her every word. We grow more and more and more divided. And I think what's been hardest for me this week in particular is that to see even in the midst of global pandemic, even in a time when we are so intimately aware of our humanity, our vulnerability, our connectivity, and the ways that we belong to one another. Even now, we are still doing it. We grow more and more and more divided. Us and them, if you're not with us, you're against us. We're doing it about masks and conversations about reopening. We're politicizing the very health and safety of our country and our neighbors. And, and so many people, so many people at the margins of society are suffering as a result, even in a pandemic. A global pandemic. We cannot tear ourselves away from the division and the rhetoric and the vitriol. It's us and them. Us or them. You're either with us or you're against us. And I know we're growing so weary of our current state of the world. We want it to be over. We want to move on. We want to get back to the way things were. We're sad. We're lonely. We're angry. We're exhausted. And so we are even more vulnerable to the temptation of taking it all out on someone else of channeling our rage toward them, whoever they are at the moment. Grocery store clerks who can't restock the produce fast enough to suit us. Our spouses or children when we've had a bad day. Leaders we are turning to for guidance and protection who are disappointing us or filling us with rage. People who are making different decisions than we are about our own safety. Former colleagues who manage to keep their jobs when we're filing for unemployment. Black and brown brothers and sisters who are so tired of the racism in this country. Us and them. More and more and more 
divided. This is such an easy text to look at and think, well, I will just pray for all the Saul's in the world. Thank goodness the world has Ananias's like me who will love the unlovable and follow where God calls. But the truth is, friends, Saul lives in each of us too. Breathing threats of us and them calling us to choose sides and spew hatred and divide us one from another. And so, my friends, in the days to come, may we have the courage to look in the mirror and name the Saul that lurks in each of us, trusting in the compassion and mercy of a God who showed compassion and mercy even to Saul, calling him back, from his divisive and harmful ways. The road alongside Jesus requires a reckoning and a changing of heart. And it also is a road filled with compassion and mercy of God. A compassion and mercy that Saul did not deserve, yet was still given. So may we too be recipients and givers of this mercy and compassion of God that the world needs now and forever. May it be so. Amen. My friends, as we consider all the ways that the world tries to divide us, may we also be overwhelmed by the mercy and compassion of our God and be reminded of the ways that we belong to one another and we are called to be the body of Christ with and for one another and for the world. Friends, we are deeply, deeply grateful for the generosity of so many of you who have continued to give financially and support the church during this time. Many of you have sent in your gifts through the mail or through our online giving portal on our website, and we encourage you to continue to utilize those options. Additionally, given the ongoing need in our community, the session of Morrisville Presbyterian Church has approved the creation of a COVID-19 relief fund at MPC. This fund has been developed as a means to provide aid to the most pressing needs in our community today. With unemployment rates rising, food insecurity growing, and many people struggling in our own neighborhood to make ends meet, we are committed to being the church in whatever way we can in this uncertain time. And so as you feel led to care for our neighbors and community, we encourage you to give generously to the COVID-19 Relief Fund at MPC. You can note your gift in the memo line of your check or in the notes section of your online gift. One of the things that we have learned in this time is that COVID-19 has even affected our school systems, and that includes even our backyard as Morrisville School District has been unable to acquire the tools necessary to teach their students effectively. 
And so as a part of the COVID-19 relief fund and as a part of our church's commitment to meet the needs of our community, we will be collecting donations for the Morrisville School District so that way that they can purchase Chromebooks to be able to teach their students online, which so far they have been unable to do so. As a church, we believe that education is an important part of this community and the work of God in the world. So we are asking people to give generously of anything that they can so that Morrisville School District can be able to teach their students effectively. Gifts for either of these efforts can be mailed to the MPC office with the designation in the memo line, COVID-19 Relief Fund or Chromebooks. And, or you may add this designation to the notes section of your online gift. Friends, we give an abundance of thanks for the generosity that this church has displayed in a difficult time, in a time where generosity is hard to come by. And so we invite you to continue to give generously as best as you can, in a time where the world seems to be closing in around us and affecting our households. We give thanks for any way that you can give, no matter what it looks like. And we give thanks for the ways that God is continuing to give to us abundantly in the mission in the world, so that all may receive God's love and compassion. Easter season, my friends, we continue to encounter the risen Christ in a variety of ways. And at this time, we seek to encounter him through prayer. We invite you to turn to your home worship bulletin and join us now as we pause for prayer. And we invite you to take out a piece of paper and a pen or talk with the people who you are worshiping alongside today and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The first question is, when have you felt the hardness of your own heart this week? The second question is, when have you felt your heart soften this week? And the third question is, how might you open your heart more fully to the compassion and mercy of God in the week ahead. We're going to encourage you to pause the video at this time and sit with these questions for a few minutes. 
When you're done writing or sharing with the people who you're worshiping alongside, feel free to turn the video back on and join us for a time of prayer together. Let us pray. God on high, while we live in this world consumed with the minutia of our day-to-day, -day, you get to see everything from a wide expanse. Like never before, our world has been turned upside down and we yearn to express the feelings close to the surface of our skin. We are sad about what we have lost. We are frustrated about lack of change. We are fearful about what lies ahead. We are laid bare before you by the vulnerabilities of our time, unable to see clearly and find our hearts hardening without our even knowing. Yet you, O oh God, break into the world and call us by name. You remove the scales before our eyes and breathe into our souls the goodness of the Holy Spirit. Turn us away, O oh God, from our prejudices and slow us from speaking harm. Equip us with the tools we need for the journey ahead. Wise discernment, open hearts, courage in the dark. For in the stories of old and in your presence in the new, we take shelter and are fortified in your love. No matter if the sun is shining brightly or if the clouds are overhead, no matter if peace is easily attained or division blurs our way, you are there to guide us to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you, our God. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. My friends, as we go out into this day and into all the days to come, may the scales fall from our eyes. May our hearts soften to the needs of the world. And may we be filled with the Spirit of God. For we are called to act with justice, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with our God. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with, be with those whom you're called to love, this day, forevermore. Amen.